0: We are going to learn the Sicha and Tuba'ov in Cheluk Yotes of Lukut sikhas It's on page 80 in that volume. And in the Sikha, we're going to learn the Rebbe's explanation for the Mishnah that discusses the Yamtuf of Tuba'ov of and the Brisa that follows and the Gemara that follows that in a way that we will have an inner understanding of what Tuba'ov is and what is really represented by the Benos Yerushalayim who would go out to dance in the field and the inner lessons of what it means to really be a Bast role. So the Rebbe begins by quoting the Mishnah at the end of Mesech Te which says, Rebbe Shem ben Gamliel said that there were never such special yamim Taivim, such special festive days for the Jewish people as Chamisha Asor Ba'av, the 15th of Av, and Yom HaKippur and Yom Kippur, Because in those days, the Jewish daughters would go out in white garments, which they borrowed one from the other, and they would dance in the vineyards. And what would they say? The girl would say to the young man, lift your eyes and see what are you choosing for yourself, for a wife. Do not look necessarily for beauty look rather for Yehu's look at family, as it is written, isha yiras hashem, the famous words of, HaMelech, that Hain is false, and beauty is folly. It's nothing. Only a yiras Hashem, only a God-fearing woman is worthy of praise. And then continue on and say, as it says at the end of the Aisha Hayo give to the woman from the fruit of her hands, and her deeds should laud her at the gates. So the Rebbe says that the following things are not really so clearly understood. Number one, when the Mishnah quotes the puzzle in Chayu, that that beauty and seeming grace is really nothing. It's only fear of God that matters. It's a proof for those who would say, do not look necessarily for beauty, because sheker hachein vehevel hayofi, because this kind of beauty is sheker, false, and hevel, and empty. But when the Mishnah continues and says, "Tain e'necha look towards family, how does this posuk, which speaks about the emptiness of vanity and things of that nature, how does that explain the one who says, Look for family. And on the contrary, it speaks about Isha yiras Hashem, halol. Really, the Pasuk is praising the woman who fears God. And the bashar basharma and her deeds are those things which define her and give her praise. So the ultimate quality of the Jewish daughter is yiras Hashem, fear of God and Masim and good deeds, and not necessarily family another thing, how could it be that all benos Yerushalayim, which incorporates every type of Jewish girl, among them there are also those that don't come from necessarily from distinguished families. So why would they say look for family? And the Rebbe says the question is even stronger because if we go further in the brisa, the brisa refers to that which was not included in the Mishnah, but it is brought down in the Gemara. And there it says as follows, it goes into more detail on this mishnah, And these are the words. The beautiful ones would say look for beauty. The ones who came from great lineage would say, look at family. And those who were not necessarily appearing to be so beautiful would say, why don't you take us for the sake of heaven? So what do we see here? That only those who came from distinguished lineage would say, look at family. So how does the Mishnah say in a general way, so literally and simply, that Benos Yerushalayim, all the daughters of Yerushalayim, all the Jewish girls would say, nacha look for our ancestry, if this did not necessarily apply to all of them in the same way. The Rebbe continues and tells us that some of them Farsham, explain. That really, in an alluded kind of way, but there are remes, more as a hint, we really find these three types of statements in the Mishnah itself that the Brisa quotes, and we'll go back to the Mishnah and we'll see it. Because in the Mishnah, the Mishnah begins that the girl would say, raise your eyes, lift your eyes, and see what you are choosing. Do not look for beauty but look for family. So the Rebbe explains, when it says, lift your eyes and see what you are choosing. Obviously, this is said by those who are beautiful. Lift your eyes. The eye can see the beauty. And those who say, don't look necessarily for beauty, but look for family, these would be the ones from the distinguished lineage. And those who don't appear to be so beautiful, they don't appear to have those beautiful qualities of beauty that you can see, and they don't necessarily come from great families. They say, "Do it, choose me for Shemshamin for the sake of heaven." These girls have good deeds. and therefore they say, al It's all nothing, the uh, the beauty. But yiras Hashem is the thing that counts the most. as it says, Priyadeha give the woman her reward for the deeds that she has done. And that's why the Mishnah says, do it for the sake of heaven. So what did we answer over here? First of all, that the psukim that are quoted, Shekhar and Tnu and give the woman the praise that she deserves for her good deeds, this is really representing the statements of all the girls. However, the Rebbe says, this is not so simple because the Mishnah does not really elaborate. The Mishnah just says, the Jewish daughters, the daughters of Yerushalayim, would go out in the fields, and what would they say? And it seems that everything that was said was said by everyone. Number two, why would the Mishnah bring specifically these details referring to every category? And not say it the way the Brysa does. The Brysa enumerates three types of girls the beautiful ones, those who had great yichis, great lineage, and those who were not necessarily beautiful but had good deeds. And this is really alluded to in the, the Mishnah. I'm sorry, the Brysa says this, but it would seem that it should have been the other way around because we all know, the way the Rambam explains, that the Mishnah is written with great brevity. And every word contains many ideas. So generally, it should have said in general, the beautiful ones would say, look for beauty. Look how beautiful I am. The distinguished lineage ones would say, look at family. And the ones who were not necessarily appearing to be so beautiful would say, marry me for the sake of heaven. And then the the Mishnah should have said it like this, perhaps. And the bride would come and add details. What are the details? So the beautiful one would say, lift your eyes. And the one who was looking at family would say, don't look at beauty, look at family. And the ones who did not seem to have these obviously beautiful qualities on the outside would say, et etc. So that would have been more clear. Therefore, the Rebbe says, we must learn That when the Mishnah says, maho you omros, what did all the Benos Yerushalayim who came out into the field say? That really it refers to everyone and to everything. And the Brisa is coming to add details to the Mishnah that in addition to everything the Mishnah mentions, the Brisa comes to add details as to what each specific girl said. So, we have to resolve this issue of how the Brisa is really explaining the Mishnah. Then the Rebbe goes on to say that another thing here is not understandable. The whole idea that the beautiful girls would say, choose me because of my beauty, this seems to be a little bit unusual. Because we all know the lesson that's brought in Mishlei, in Shleim, ha- Shleim HaMelech, at the end of Esh Yisrael, where it says, VeHevel ha-yofi. The Yofi, the beauty, seems to be empty, nothing, just folly, nothing of substance. And especially the beautiful ones, according to the Mishnah, were included when they said, do not look for beauty, because Sheker VeHevel HaYofi, together with all the Benos Roshalayim, which we said in the beginning. Number two, when those who are not so beautiful on the outside, we can't see their beauty, why would they say, Take us for the sake of heaven? Not being beautiful, is that a reason to take us for the sake of heaven? So the Rebbe says that the Mepharshim teach us that these ones who don't, these girls who don't seem to be so beautiful, do have good deeds. And when they say, Take us for the sake of heaven, they mean to say, don't look at the beauty and don't look at the family. The only thing that really matters is your fear of God, fear of heaven, and good deeds. But this also would require explanation because when those who came from distinguished lineage and they said look at family, obviously it's coming to talk about the spiritual qualities of the great lineage. As the mefarshim say obviously these girls who came from these families had a lot of years of shamayim. so everything seems to be for the sake of shamayim so why would it say by those who are those who don't appear to be beautiful why specifically there would it delineate that they said make your choice based on shame for the sake of heaven then we're going to learn one more thing that we did not yet mention that's quoted in the Gemara. Continuation of this breisa, the Gemara says the following, and this concludes this Mesechta, that in the future, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make a dance for the tzaddikim, a mochol, a circular dance, and Hashem himself will sit amongst the tzaddikim in Ganeiden. and every tzaddik, will point with his finger to Hashem, as it is written in the Navi, bayomahu, that at that day, the tzaddik will say, ze, this is our God, ki we have hoped towards him, we have put our hope in him, and he has helped us, Hashem, ki this is the God in whom we have placed our hope, Nagila bishua, so we will revel and rejoice in his salvation. What is the connection of this statement in the Gemara to the Mishnah and the Brisa that we just learned? So we could look back at the words that we quoted. Because the Mishnah says that on the 15th of Av, daughters of Yerushalayim would go out in a circular dance in the the vineyards. So because we speak about that kind of dance, machol, macholos in the plural, the Gemara says, in the future, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will also make a circular dance. He will also make a macho for the tzaddikim. But it would seem that the connection of this statement at the end of the mesechle with the mishnah and the bresa would not only be because of the fact that this speaks about a dance and that speaks about the dance, but we also conclude that statement with Hashem sitting amongst them And each one of the tzaddikim points his finger as it says, zeh Hashem, when it says zeh. We learn in the Vefarshim that zeh always means that you're pointing a finger and literally showing that all the tzaddikim will point towards Hashem that this is the God in whom they have put all their hope. That's one thing. The Rebbe also says over here, the fact that the Gemara brings this teaching right next to the b'risa which follows the Mishnah, which talks about what the B'noz Yerushalayim have to say, and not somewhere else. So we learn over here that this thing that in the future will make a dance for the tzaddikim obviously relates to the b'raisa, which speaks about the three categories of B'noz Yerushalayim, the Jewish girls, which of course are also a reference to the neshamas of all the Jewish people. Another interesting thing, and this will conclude our questions, and we will be able to resolve everything we've said until now, until it will become very clear to us exactly what is it that takes place, and exactly what is the lesson that we can all learn from it. So the Rebbe continues that when we just learned the end of the Mesechte about this dance that Hashem will make for the tzaddikim and how the tzaddikim will relate to seeing Hashem, so Rashi and Tosvos both explain what this statement says, and they have a slight difference in their explanation. So let's see. We'll go back to the Mishnah. We'll go back to the quote. The quote says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make a dance for the tzaddikim, and he will sit amongst them in Ganeden. And every single one of the tzaddikim will show with his finger, as it is written, the posuk in Yeshaya, that at that day, the tzaddikim will say, this is our god, etc. So Rashi stops on the words, that each tzaddik will show with his finger. And he says, and he will say, he will quote this posuk, that this is the god whom we have put our hope in or on. Tosfo says a similar thing with slightly different words. Tosfo says every single tzaddik will point to Hashem with his finger as it is written, elokeinu ze. but it doesn't say that every single one will say ze Hashem kivinu lo, only that it is written that we will that we will have put our hope in Hashem. The tzaddikim will indicate that. So now the Rebbe says, why do Rashi and Tosvos come to add to the statement about this dance that will take place in Gan Eden with Hashem and the Tzadikim? Now, here Rashi is coming to t- teach us something, the Rebbe says, and Tosvos, that when it says, as it is written, how do we know this will happen? Because it says, Vamar Bayomahu, on that day, it will be said, this is our God in whom we have put our hope, and we will rejoice and revel in his salvation. So the Rebbe shows us a difference in the way Rashi explains this Gemara and the way Toysavos explains this Gemara. Rashi says that from this pasuk, the Gemara learns that when it says, Shene the Umar bayom hahu, and each one will show this with his finger. Rashi says these words, every single one of these tzaddikim will show with his finger. And not only that, but each one will say the words of the Pasuk that the Gemara quotes. The Gemara quotes a Pasuk to say that there will be a dance, and it will be indicated that this is the God in whom we have put our hope all the years, all the time, but the Gemara doesn't say the words that every single Sadiq will say this. He just quotes that it is written that this will happen. And therefore, Rashi adds the word the omer that when this dance will take place, these two things will happen. Each tzaddik will show, will point towards Hashem with his finger. The omer and each Sadiq will say, Za Hashem Kivinulo, this is our god. But Tosvos comes and says, Bo, every single one of the tzaddikim will point, attest to Hashem, point to Hashem with his finger as it says, He This is our God. But Tosvos does not bring the words that's quoted in the beginning of the Gemara, the Bayom Hahu. He does not say these words, the and he will say on that day. So Tosfos is coming to clarify that the Gemara is bringing a proof to show that each one of the tzaddikim will point towards Hashem. But as it says, bayomahu, uh, will point toward Hashem. But Tosfos does not include that every tzaddik will say it. So now we have to understand, what is the basis for the difference? in the explanation of Rashi, which indicates that every tzaddik will say this, and Tosvos, that doesn't seem to be concerned with the fact that every tzaddik will say this, just that this great dance in Ghanedin will take place. So in order to understand this, we're going to look into what is really happening on the 15th of Av and on Yom Kippur when the Jewish girls would go out to dance in the fields, and this was the way of finding shidduchim for the girls. So the Rebbe says it's obviously understood and quite basic that when it says the Jewish daughters would go out to dance in the vineyards on the days of the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. It was a matter of Kedusha. This was a complete experience of holiness without anything else attached in any way. So automatically it's clearly understood that they were not referring to their material and physical qualities, whether it was beauty, or it was wealth, or it was or whatever it was. Not that these things in themselves have great value. That's not what they were declaring. But they were declaring, they made a declaration about those kinds of qualities that, according to the Torah, these qualities are worthy of being a reason. For someone to marry them. And in this, there are two explanations that show the, the great the way this is expressed. Number one, each girl was expressing her own particular person or quality that she has, of course, in a spiritual sense. And two, as this is what the Bryson tells us, each one spoke about her own quality. But or Number two, the way the Mishnah says it, the general quality that all Benos Yerushalayim possess, possess, this is something which is given over to children and children's children, grandchildren, until the end of time. And now we'll begin to understand the difference between the Mishnah, which says that all of Benos Yerushalayim would say, uh, don't look for beauty, but rather look only for family. And the Braiso, which goes into detail, explaining the three types of girls and what each one said that is alluded to in the Mishnah, but not explicitly stated. So let's see. The Mishnah really speaks about the general virtue, the general great, great quality that is inherent in every single Jewish girl. The Rebbe says, every single daughter of Jerusalem, every single Jewish daughter has a spiritual quality. And that spiritual quality puts her in the category of Isha Hashem Hitis Because she has this quality and she has Yiras Hashem, that is the ultimate praise. And two, this quality is so deeply rooted in every single girl in a way that this can be transmitted to the children, that this particular Jewish girl will educate and raise as is, as is indicated in the second posok after the Hayoki, that we're talking about spiritual beauty, the Mishle comes to say, because of this, she is worthy to benefit from the toil labor of her hands, and worthy that her deeds should be praised. In other words, not only because of her own specific quality that the whole Aish Hayel speaks about in every one of the Psukim that follow the Alu Base, I conclude with Priyadeha. But the woman is worthy of praise because Priyadeha and Ma'aseha, because of those children that she raises. To go in the ways of Hashem, that's the Mishnah, because it talks about everyone, and every single girl has this quality. Unlike the Brisa, which speaks about the particular spiritual quality of every single category of Benos Yerushalayim. And in the next part of the Sikha, the Rebbe goes into detail explaining this. What is the certainty? How do we know for sure that every single Bas Yerushalayim? Is in the category of isha Yaras Hashem, in the category of a woman who fears God, and that this is in a manner of priyateh umaseh, that not only does she have the sphere of God, but the sphere of God manifests itself in the fruit of her hands, in the deeds that she does, in the children that she raises. So that Rebbe points out that this is why the benos Yerushalayim say. Bakur, young man, sona e'necho ura'e. Lift your eyes and see. Do not look at beauty. Look at family. In other words, don't look at the qualities that I have, whether they are spiritual or whether they are material, whether they are physical, that you can see with your eyes. But it has to be in a manner of sona e'necho ura'e. Lift your eyes and see. What do we mean by lift your eyes? This is not referring to physically seeing, but as we have a posuk in Navi that says, S'u marom Lift your eyes heavenward, or and see who created this. It's a different kind of a looking, which will lead to a different kind of a seeing, a higher kind of looking, a more inner kind of looking. Look at the source from where these qualities emerge. And this is what is meant when the girl says, Lift your eyes and see, and look at family. What do we mean by family? So the Rebbe says, in a broader sense, family does not mean the immediate blood relatives, uh, parents, or children, or siblings, or anything of that nature. But family, bipnimius in an inner sense, means all those who have an effect and an influence on the spiritual essence of another, of the girl, including her teachers, those who were machanacher, those who directed her. And they are called parents, as we all know from Chomish, that children, the levanecha, banim artalmidim, et cetera, and especially. We know that all of the Jewish people are called one family, as we have learned from the Navi and the Mefarshim. So the fact that a girl is Mishpachas Yisrael, that she is a girl from a family of B'nai Yisrael, she is the daughter of Sara Rivka, the daughter of the Imahos, the daughter of the matriarch, which by definition means that if this is the mother, the qualities of the mother genetically get passed on to the children. It is an inheritance. From the mother, from the matriarchs, every Jewish girl has it, be Yerusha as an inheritance. And if one looks from that angle, one will see the following. That even by those that we cannot see when we look from outside, their spiritual qualities, that's only on the outside. But the Pnimius, in an inner way, because the girl comes from a mishpacha of the Jewish people, so she automatically is in the category of Isha Yiras Hashem, he tis She is definitely in the category of a woman who fears God, who is worthy of praise, even though at this point it may be beyond the surface. Moreover, that the truth of the qualities of Benoz Yerushalayim are not only in beauty, the quality, which we can see from the outside. But specifically, all of the qualities are in a manner of mishpach In the Mishnah, we spoke about mishpacha. These are qualities that are inherited and transmitted from generation to generation. So that's what we learn from the Mishnah, when the Mishnah says that Benos Yerushalayim would go out in the fields and say, do not look at beauty, but look at family. As the Shek Sheker HaChain, the Rebbe made it clear to us now that we were talking about the inner, Essence of every Jewish girl and it doesn't matter what she appears like on the outside But inside she has these qualities that are worthy of praise that she can transmit By being a daughter of sarif karakala to the future generations Then we go to the brysa and the brysa goes into all the details of every category and what every single girl would say so this is what the brysa adds to the mishnah after the girl said the God-fearing woman is worthy of praise that when we look and we see the essential quality of the Jewish girl, that she is from the mishpacha of B'nai Yisrael, she is Basi Yisrael, she is a Jewish daughter, and therefore she is in essence God-fearing, then we can praise her and include in the praise all the other qualities that she possesses, because all those other qualities, whether it's a grace, whether it's a beauty, whether it's a special yichus, whatever it is, it automatically is a truthful beauty, a truthful grace, something which comes from something much deeper, and it's really something inner, which also makes a manifestation on the outside. And that's why the Brisa comes to explain what every single girl said regarding her own personal quality. And we'll go back to the Brisa. The beautiful ones would say, the beautiful ones being those that we could say, that we see their beauty when we look at them, Would speak about the beauty of a deeper kind of beauty, which comes really from the soul, and therefore they would say, Took, take a look at beauty. See that this quality that I have is expressed outwardly. Those who come from great lineage would say, lineage is not something you could see when you look at someone. But because we come from distinguished families, meaning people who practiced learning Torah and working with good qualities, good midos, from generation to generation. So certainly, obviously, we were raised in a way that Uh, expresses and lives and emulates those qualities. So certainly it's worth looking at the family from which I come, meaning the specific family from which I come amongst all the families of the Jewish people. And those who were not apparently so beautiful, they did not have those seeming qualities and maybe their parents also did not. And maybe they did not even have someone who educated them properly. And therefore, they feel that they are not really beautiful spiritually. And thus, it doesn't come and appear on the surface. It doesn't manifest itself in their faces. But the Rebbe says, these are Benos Yerushalayim. The fact that these Benos Yerushalayim know that they maybe don't have these qualities for whatever reason, this causes in them a feeling of bitterness and humility, and even though maybe they did not have someone to direct them, or someone to bring out these qualities in them, They are willing to accept the yoke of heaven with in a manner that it gives them the feeling that they say to the boy, to the young man, to the bocher, we want to marry such bakhrim, such young men, that all they want is to do things lishayim shamayim, in spite of or without looking at anything else. And through this, what happens in a revealed way, we see that these girls who don't seem to have the great qualities have them anyhow. They have the quality of family. Therefore, they, together with all the Benozirish line, because the Mishnah inc- incorporates all the Benos Yerushalayim, that they all say, Because the fact that they become, that a Jewish girl becomes brokenhearted from the fact that she doesn't seem to have all the great qualities or all the great deeds of the others, that's because she did not receive it or in an open way. But the fact that she comes from Mishpacha Sisrael, that she is a Jewish girl, a daughter of Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Aleya, and therefore she feels, as the Novi says, how terrible it is to abandon the ways of Hashem. And this turns her around, that she becomes no different from anyone else because she is ready now to serve Hashem in the most humble way and in a way that Hashem wants more than anything else. Now that we understand what the Mishnah does and how the Brisa shows us the details in the Mishnah that no matter what is being said by by a specific category of girl, it's all talking about something deep inside and something deep inside ultimately refers to the bittul and the humility of the Jewish girl who wants nothing other than to serve Hashem. The Rebbe is going to help us understand the difference in the explanation between the Mishnah and the Brisa by explaining what follows. We said that the Gemara follows after the Brisa, and the Gemara says that in this dance, that Hashem will. Participate in, have all the sadikim participate within Gan Eden. In this dance is expressed the achdos, the unity, and the shalom, the harmony, that existed amongst all the benos Yerushalayim, and that's why we learned that they would go out into the fields. The Mishnah says bechle lavan, wearing white garments, and each girl borrowed from another girl. There was a hierarchy who borrowed from whom. But the bottom line was that everybody was dressed in a way that nobody would feel embarrassed that they did not have clothes as beautiful as anybody else. So this shows how beautiful was the relationship amongst all these girls in a very profound way. And therefore, we could also understand, as the Mishnah continues, quotes a posuk from Shir Hashirin, because it knows Yerushalayim. It says, go out and see daughters of Zion Bamelah Shlomo, the Melech Shlomo, Melech Shlomo refers to the Ebeshter, Benos Yerushalayim refers to the Jewish Neshamas. Why does it say ba Shlomo? Bamelech Shah Shalom Shalom. Specifically referring to the Ebeshter with the name Shlomo because ba Shah Shalom Shalom. This whole experience on, on the 15th day of, of when the girls go out to dance in the field, explains how there could be Achdos and Shalom, how there could be unity and harmony amongst all Benos Yerushalayim, because each one is really different if we look at the surface. But if we go and we look towards the Melech Shlomo, when every single girl feels that she is connected to Melech Shahashalom Shalom, Shalom, and appreciates the fact that he makes Shalom amongst all the Benos Yerushalayim. Now this Shalom and this Achdus takes place two different ways. How can there be this kind of Shalom? So the Rebbe says number one. It's based on the fact of an essential point that all the girls feel that they are all one entity. They are all benos So ultimately, whatever each one is individually does not take away from the fact that deep down, they are all one. So from this angle, which is the angle of the Mishnah, we see that all of them are one, and the differences don't really matter. Another way of looking at it is the way the Brysa. The Brysa doesn't speak about how everyone is the same, but points out the differences amongst the different categories the beautiful ones, the distinguished lineage ones, the simple ones, those who don't have anything seemingly to show. That notwithstanding the fact that each one has a specific quality, maybe more than another, each person is different. Hashem created us as the we learn from Hazal that just like no two faces are alike, no two minds work alike, we're all different. And it's, the differences really make a difference. Hashem made us different. But despite the fact that we are different, we can still get along and see beyond those differences. And this is really the difference between the Mishnah and the Brisa. In the Mishnah, we speak about the generality, the general concept of Benoth Yerushalayim, of Jewish people, that we are all one entity. And in the b'risa, where we see specific details, what does the b'risa come to teach us? That this shalom and this achdos is not only because we are mevatl, we sort of nullify our our particular differences, our personal differences, so we don't really see them. But on the other hand, not looking at the fact that on the surface there are definite differences amongst each category of B'nosh Yerushalayim. And each difference is actually a great virtue unto itself. But at the same time, they will all be together in one dance. And now we could understand why the Gemara, and this is the way the Rebbe is going to conclude the Sikha by explaining this Gemara and the difference between Rashi's explanation, how this dance will take place, and the explanation of Tzvi's. So now we're going to do that to help us resolve everything in the sicha and help us to prepare better for the coming of Mashiach when this will take place. So the Rebbe says, now we will understand why the Gemara brings, after the brisa, the following teaching. That a Kodesh Baruch Hu in the future will make a machol for the tzaddikim, and everyone will show with his finger. Why does this mean? That every single tzaddik will show will point towards Hashem with his very own finger, according to his level and his understanding. And nonetheless, everybody will be united in one specific dance and one specific buckle. So now we get to the conclusion. What is the conclusion here? even though every single tzaddik is different from every other one in the way he serves Hashem and in his level, that is a fact. But nonetheless, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sitting amongst the tzaddikim, so when it comes to the eibeshter, all these differences are not contradictory one to the other. And Hashem is able, as we say, Osa Shalom Bim Romav, Hashem is able to create peace amongst all those that are on high that all the tzaddikim, with all of their variations and all of their personal differences and their personal levels of accomplishment, should all stay in one unity, in one dance, number one. Number two, there is also the influence and the incorporation and the integration of one tzaddik with another. Each one is mashpia his level to the other, until there becomes a incorporated a complete and total unity amongst all the levels of the tzaddikim. And now the Rebbe concludes by telling us this. This is what Rashi does when he explains this Gemara. Rashi says, Every single one of the tzaddikim, will point with his finger and add to the word, and he will say, this is the God to whom we have hope, meaning that every single tzaddik will also say, To every other tzaddik will be mashpiya, and every other tzaddik in the dance, something of his own avoda, so they all become incorporated one in the other. But according to the opinion of Tosfos, he doesn't say that every tzaddik would say whatever Rashi says. He just, Tosfos says that, each one would point to Hashem. But the fact that they will say this is the God so, whom we have hoped will not be something that they will say one to the other in a way that one will affect the other, because the shalom here is not that all of the, all of them will become incorporated into one, but that each one will stand out with his unique qualities. And in the last part, the last of the that the Reb explains why does this dance? The word mochol is not referring to a dance in general, but specifically to a circular dance. A circle represents something which does not have a beginning and does not have an end. So now we'll understand it. When the Gemara says that Hashem will make a dance for the tzaddikim in the future, it means that the joy and the simcha will be one that is beyond any limitations, one without a beginning and an end as represented by a circle. It will be true, indeed, that each one will point with his finger, each one according to his level, not the way Rashi explained it, that each one will become incorporated in the other. But it will be in a manner that the essential essence of that level, which is beyond any limitation, will be expressed. And therefore, Taisva says over here that it's not a matter of integrating the great qualities of one and the other. Because one can only do that when there is a manifestation of something and there's a manifestation of another thing, we can incorporate the one and the other. Then we can allow for something else. But when we are dealing with an essence point of the level of the Ebishter, there is of a level, there is really no room for something else. So therefore we have to say that the shalom and the achdus of this dance is in the way we mentioned it first. And this is going to fit also with what Chazal say, that in the future, that in the future, each sadik will sort of be covered up by the chupa, by the cover of his friend, will be, sorry, will be singed, will be burned by the cover of his friend. What does chupa mean? Chupa means a cover. Chupa means something which encompasses. It refers to the highest essence level of every tzaddik. And there we cannot have any hiskalos. There cannot be any integration because we're talking about an essence, and an essence does not allow for anything else. We can talk about the rays of the sun which manifest themselves, but that's not an essence. An essence is the very source. And in that very source, each one would not allow another because we're talking about an essence because it's beyond every different kind of particularity and therefore as rashi teaches that this will be in the beginning of the time of Asid Lavo, but after when each when they will all be incorporated one in the other but afterwards the true of the essence will be revealed whereas the true essence is able to incorporate all kinds of opposites, because it's all one. It's all the essence of the Ebeshter. And because of that revelation of the Ebeshter, there will be the Hiskalolos of all the levels, of all the tzaddikim, amitis. And may Hashem help that this takes place speedily in our time. Thank you.